Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Thank you so much for tuning into Bravo Happy Hour. In anticipation of the 2020 election, I have decided to revisit the Bravo One Season Wonder, The Real Housewives of D.C. The D.C. Housewives came out back in 2010 and lasted a single season after Bravo deemed the show a liability to the network. After Mikhail and Tarek, whose name I will fuck up the entire series, crashed President Obama's first state dinner. With me today is Bravo Happy Hour's international correspondent, Jasper, who is zooming all the way in from Berlin to spill the tea and break down one of the most iconic Housewives seasons to date. Welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to be back. I'm happy to have you. And I'm happy because we have been discussing this for a really long time and you have been championing this show. It's my favorite go-to franchise. Literally when I have nothing left to watch or I'm super bored, I always go back to the DC Housewives. Now that I know it's 11 hour perfect show from start to finish, I feel like that's going to be like my depressed weekend binge moment. Like if I'm having a really rough weekend, five episodes on Saturday and then six on Sunday and just get back to being happy again. Totally, because there's always, every time you watch it, there's going to be something new where you're like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they're doing this. They're acting like this. And it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving, seriously. <laughs> I, would, I would completely agree. So just for the listeners to understand a little bit what we're doing. So we're going to have, I don't know how many parts this is going to be. This could be a 40-part series if, if we have anything to do with it. How the, the way the two of us will talk about one topic for 42 minutes will probably mean that this will be broken up into a couple pieces. So bear with me on editing in that front. So for now, we're going to go through the first nine episodes, which are all about just the season, what the girls are up to, you know, talking about who they are, their family. And then obviously the Crashing Estate Dinner is the last episode and then the reunions, which are so good. And those are going to be their own special episodes that will come out later in the month. I'm currently reading Cirque du Salahi, which is 
an incredible book. I hope this this uh, writer wins won some kind of award for it. So I'll have the full scoop on that. But yeah, we'll be doing a really deep dive into Mikhail and Tarek, who whose names I misspelled both of their names so many times in this document of notes. It's mortifying. I could they spell the names wrong <laughs> themselves all the time. <laughs> it was a mistake that her name is Mikhail. Well, you know her name is Michaela, and she like met Tarek mm -hmm. and like tried to be cool or like think she's European, and she's like, "It's Michael." It's like, it's right? And didn't Linda even call her Michaela at some point? Yeah, and they've known each other for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the DC Housewives were the fifth installment, so they were sandwiched between New Jersey and Beverly Hills. So those are two hard shows to come after and before. And so after all of this crazy stuff happened with the gate crashing and the press that surrounded it, Bravo and Andy decided that they shouldn't really bring the show back. It's not as if I necessarily thought it positioned the show in a bad way, but I think Bravo wanted to kind of be removed from the situation and just kind of let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, and, and there became a liability. Andy actually ages ago somewhere, he said he really liked DC, but there were too many um, lawsuits coming their way because of the gate crashing and everything. So I was like, no, it's not worth it. We can't risk like the whole, the whole franchise business. And so they had to drop them. And I, I mean, again, like the amount of places I found information on this show <laughs> now is like becoming muddled in my head. But I think Mary was on Kate Casey's podcast, which I listened to and it was really good. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how another reason why they didn't bring it back is because they subpoenaed every piece of footage from the Royal Housewives of DC. So these poor editors had to work overtime to get them all of these files. And you know, when you're shooting a show for six, seven months, like that is hundreds of hours of film. Yeah. And so, you know, I think they probably were just like, fuck this. Like we did not know we were getting involved in all of this <laughs> drama and you know, mess, absolute mess. <laughs> so we start the show kind of introducing all of the new ladies. We have Mary Amons, whose tagline is, I don't make money, I spend money. I wrote that one down as well, because it's so like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> it's oh, so stupid. Must be nice. You don't work, <laughs> but you spend. That is my dream. And after I was watching this, I kind of think, it's hard when, like, people always will say, like, what housewife do you think you're allowed to like? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I think I have, like, a, I'm like a Bethany moon sign and then, like, a Mary, a Mary Amon's, like, rising sign. Like, I feel like I'm a little <laughs> bit of her. Like, I don't know. When I saw her on screen, I was like, I think I kind of like you. But maybe that's, like, the dreamer in me. <laughs> I love her. She's really cool. And she's actually, like, she said a few really smart things, and especially in the reunion, but I get guess we're gonna get to that later oh yes so but yeah i don't make money i spend money like who writes those taglines there must have been like really like the, the editors or whatever producers came to hear to her and be like look what shall we say about you you would think with money so she on kate casey said that she's like i didn't say that tagline they made that up for me and took the words i said and pieced them together because it kind of makes sense because throughout the whole thing, Mary was never like bougie, bougie, going shopping, fancy stuff. Like she was never like that. I actually thought she was like very normal and 
for whatever her husband did, like they clearly had a good life and she clearly had like family money, but yeah. I never got the pretentious, I mean, I got a pretentious vibe, but I didn't get the big spender vibe. So yeah, I laughed at no, that. Not at all. I don't feel, well, besides the Salahis, none of them were like flaunting the money or anything like crazy. It was not like Beverly Hills or Jersey wannabe rich. <laughs> yeah. Quite normal. But then also like Mikhail's tagline. People have a hard time saying no to me and that's a blessing. I mean, uh, why? What? Random. What does that mean? What are you... <laughs> and it, it's kind of true. Like she's grifted her way into many situations because people have not said no to her. But I feel like sometimes you need to be told no. And I think that's maybe why she's such an asshole because she's maybe never been told no. But it doesn't even, you don't see on the show that she is getting anything because somebody doesn't say no to her or she asks for something and somebody gives it to her. It's not, like, it has nothing to do with her. So in Mikhail's intro, she says, I was a former model and a cheerleader for the Redskins. She says in her first like intro section, she goes, people think I don't have enough substance. Like, when you lead with that, you automatically plant that in people's head that you're going to be a dumb fuck the entire show. Like, it doesn't matter what you do or say. You preface that. And now that's what I think. And she is. <laughs> she talks about her husband, Tarek, who is one of the most iconic characters in reality television, if you ask me. He is on another level of... He's the worst. Insanity. So... Absolutely. She says he is the captain of America's Polo Cup, which dot, 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 he created. We will get there. <laughs> which that whole polo of, I love the internet. Oh my God. I've been able to find so much good shit about all of this. It's like, I'm brimming. I've, I've been so happy. I've been talking to everybody, even at my job. Like they were like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm working on this project. That's been like a month long. So finally we're here. Second so, taken down of the Salahis. Yeah, exactly. Ten years later. Yeah. Uh, so they own a vineyard, Oasis Vineyard in Virginia, which, again, blows up in their face. And it's clear as day they do not own this vineyard, do not live in the mansion that they are flaunting on screen. And even Mary on Kate Casey's podcast said that the house that they were renting, that big mansion, was actually her friend's mansion that she was like renting out. And so when Mary ended up watching the show, she's like, wait, that's my friend's house. It's, it's just so unbelievable. That's the exciting thing about it when, yeah, when you go on the internet and everything about it and you find out more and more. And all those women, well, except uh, Mikhail, were brutally honest and had no shame exposing them from the beginning on. Like I mean, on the show, off the show, on, on other podcasts, on other talk shows and everything. That's what I really liked. They were just brutally honest. Well, I think they were stripped of an opportunity of having a second season or a third season because of the Salahis. And the other women really brought the drama. I thought they had great personal storylines that talked about what they were going through within their families or personally. And I just think it was a really good show, regardless of this crashing situation. You know, yeah. Mikhail and Tarek, whatever, if they didn't crash, I totally think the show would have gotten a second season just because even watching them is, 
is captivating. Like, you can't stop wanting to see what, like, other train wreck they're gonna get in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and what I really liked as well is, like, they all seem to have a real friendship. Of course, they bonded over the whole awful Salahi thing and everything. So clearly they all stick together. But it really looked like they actually really liked each other and liked spending time with each other and were talking honest to each other and everything. I mean, you see throughout the season how much closer they get and like um, Mary and Kat especially. And then like in the in the reunion, it's so obvious that they actually really, really like each other, that they're real friends. And I think also like they're still friends. They still follow yeah. each other on, on Instagram and spend time and they, like, with comment each on each other's stuff. And so it's yeah. a good a good sign. Then we are introduced to Stacy Scott Turner. She's a real estate agent with Sotheby's selling 25 to $30 million a year. We see the iconic scene of her house shopping with Tarek and Mikhail, just yet another great way to expose the fact that they don't have two nickels in their bank account. She's married, has two kids, went to Harvard and went to Howard, and she is the only African-American woman on the cast. And that definitely comes out throughout the show, throughout the series, race is definitely a big thing. This is during the Obama administration, too, and so obviously her and her husband are, like, ride or die for Obama. So, duh, same. He is still my president in my head. But, yeah, so Stacey's really good. She's kind of not controversial. We go through, like, her storyline of trying to find her parents because she was adopted, and that was actually really interesting, and we'll get into that a little bit deeper into the episodes. But that's definitely uh, a really... uh, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for, like... I don't know, it was like a very raw experience to kind of hear her talk about how she was kept a secret and the reasons why her family weren't able to keep her. And it was really hard to watch, but I also think she's just really smart and was able to really... I find her really boring. Well, I don't find her, yeah, particularly exciting. No, not at all. I mean, she, yeah, she was a nice woman and like, but she was boring. The most like, exciting thing about her was when her husband was like, I'm starting a company that makes dicks <laughs> bigger. It's like, and all the other dudes were like, bro, what? Like, this is what you're doing with your passion project? So random. But like, yeah, she never really said anything controversial. She was always trying to be like best buddy with everyone, even with Mikhail, and like always giving her the benefit of the doubt. So, and I mean, yeah, the whole... Um, adopted and being adopted storyline and everything. It was it was quite interesting because it's actually one of the the first times on on the housewives we hear about a story like that. And it's not even like she's looking for her fake sister like Melissa Gorger. She's actually looking for her real parents and she finds them, which would have been good if the show would have went on and we could have seen how she actually met her birth father and stuff but yeah yeah, i I found her a bit bland 
Yeah, I would kind of agree. Didn't do it for me, but I did like her husband and he, and I mean, we'll see how he kind of steps up a little bit. Um, they do have some controversial thoughts about other things, but again, we will get there and I will definitely have my feelings <laughs> known after, once we get to that portion of the show. And then we are introduced to Linda, whose tagline is, I give people enough rope to hang themselves, and the smart people don't. <laughs> casual hanging yeah. reference. That's been a while since that's been on. From the south. That actually is a tagline that captures the whole season. Because that's actually true, like, yeah, the Salais weren't smart, so they did hang themselves. And Linda was clocking them since episode one, <laughs> like, the first four minutes. She's like, Michaela, like, already. Linda was, is going hard against them, and I really appreciate that about her. <laughs> she's awesome. I mean, like, she's by far the oldest of the wives in, in the franchise, but, like, she's... She's smart, she's sassy, and she really doesn't hold back. <laughs> and it looks like she knows about everything. Like, she is a private investigator or something. She knew everything beforehand. Yeah, she definitely was not afraid to poke around, ask questions, and kind of, like, go toe-to-toe with Mikhail and Tarek. I hate his name. Like, I feel like I... St- stutter before I say it every time so she runs a modeling agency in DC for 25 years and is still up and running which is an absolute I know, I fuck. just about to say that I actually had to have a look as well because we know how all the businesses <laughs> go bust but hers is still there it's still up and running and she's still and she has quite some handsome and gorgeous models in her portfolio I know I was, I was looking I was like can I hire some just to... I didn't see Washington, D.C. as the fashion capital of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like when, like in O.C. Housewives, when, (laughs) like, we're doing Newport Beach Fashion Week. It's like, no, keep it in New York, please. That's why. No, no, no. So, that's the crew we're working with. Oh, my God. How did I fucking forget Kat? Jeez, how can you? <laughs> so, Kat O'Man. Oh, original Lisa, Lisa Fenderpump, one could say. I literally have that in my notes, being like, like she brings the cool Euro vibe, very LVP, like breath of fresh air. So, Kat moved from the UK 18 months prior to the starting. She came with her two kids and ended up marrying Charles, who I guess she knew from when she was younger, who is a White House photographer, worked with Bush, worked with Obama. Uh, She's a writer, writing a book called Inbox Full, which I didn't get a chance to read (laughs) because I I have to draw the line somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) She has two books now. She has a follow-up one. Inbox Really Full. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we kind of follow her through writing this book going through stuff with charles and during the reunion they talk about how the two of them split up and she was not into him at the reunion she was like i don't want to get back with him i don't like him and i don't because michaela's like maybe you two will be able to work it out and she's like absolutely not what do you not understand about he doesn't deserve me 
right? Maybe you're gonna be happy one day and then you will have a husband again. It's like, ooh, but yeah, she really didn't like him. But she seemed to, like she didn't really talk about what happened. So she's quite classy, I guess, what you wouldn't think the way she speaks and acts, but yeah, she kept it quite secretive. Yeah, I don't know what the drama was between them, but it did seem like he worked all the time, wasn't an active stepfather, and then also took her away from her friends and family. And I'm not saying he took her away, she left willingly, of course, but I think that does take a toll probably six, seven months into leaving for a man to be with him and be in his world, and then realize that he's actually never even present in his own world, and now she's on this show and I think the show definitely played a riff in it too because he was a White House he worked at the White House and there was the whole storyline on how Kat got disinvited to the White House Christmas party because of Mikhail and Tarek crashing the dinner and so I can understand why he was like you know fuck this like now I'm getting associated with these fools because of you and I know he can't blame her and you can't blame Kat because she didn't know this was going to happen of course but, you know, I could see that building resentment between the two of them. Oh, totally. I think, yeah, the show's, show played a big part in it. But I also can, like, see him being a bit controlling as well. Totally. And always with, like, thinking about, yeah, my job at the White House and everything. I can't be associated with, like, bullshit and stuff. It does make sense. I mean, totally. Like, I wonder, imagine if Charles was at the event photographing and, like, somehow got a picture of Mikhail and Tarek. That would have been the best. Oh, my God. Well, also, just one little tidbit. So, I did try to find some stuff about Inbox Full, but again, there's only so much time I have in a week. But it did say that she kissed Prince Harry one night when they were out frolicking, and she said, he was holding me off the floor, kissing me. I was absolutely speechless. I was against the wall, and he literally lifted me off the floor, gave me a lovely kiss, which I was stunned by. God, love that. Oh, me. <laughs> Whom hasn't Prince Harry kissed? <laughs> <laughs> That's just everyone on this planet. Yeah, I feel like he definitely was like a slut during uh, his, his younger years, which <laughs> I would be too. Well, I am. Um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, not right now, because we're quarantine but otherwise (laughs) really hard to be a slut when you're not legally able to be near people it's really frustrating (laughs) but if you would mumble a little more you actually sound like cat when you put on your fake british accent you just have to mumble more i've been he was holding me on the floor kissing me i was absolutely speechless i was again I hope my neighbors, like, aren't listening to me through the door and they're like, what the fuck is this girl doing at this mumbling coffee show? (laughs) Okay, so that is the official intro of all of our ladies. Now we start the show and it begins with all the ladies attending America's Polo Cup, which... Mikhail and Tarek are hosting for the third year in a row. So this lasted from 2007 to 2010. This is with the 2010 event. And so the two of them are planning this big polo event. They're bragging that the ambassador of India will be there. And this is when we kind of get the groundwork for the two of them being grifters. 
Linda immediately is like, I'm not going because the last time I helped them or went, they never paid me. So I refused to buy a ticket this year because they weren't giving them to their friends for free. So this is also the first time we see Mikhail in action, which just screamed cocaine to me. Like when I saw her buzzing around that party, I was like, they have an eight ball in the back room and she <laughs> is having a fucking good time. I think it's just Adderall. They can't afford cocaine. And if, yeah, <laughs> they can't afford rich people drugs. Right? I honestly, that's what I thought. She's on Adderall. She's like the Vanderpump Rules kids first season. <laughs> she is, yeah, immediately, like she comes on screen and you're like, I already have enough of her. I have Arms a headache. Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Arms back and forth to, between all those people and hugging everyone. I'm a hugger and I'm a hugger and I love you. And oh, God. There's nothing I hate more than when someone says, I'm a hugger. It just automatically tells me that we are not going to get along. Right? Mm -mm. I'm the same. I'm like, I, I did social distancing before it wasn't fashion. And I was like, <laughs> this way after i don't want to hug people i've been saying six strangers <laughs> at a polo match right. so at this event we also see cat we're introduced to her and she's saying how this is kind of like her first event with the ladies and she's meeting them we see her meet mikhail and they start talking about horses cat is obviously from the uk so she's like so cool and chic and of course has probably been like riding since she was three <laughs> so she told me she told me she told the cat <laughs> called me and told me she thought this was not an impressive event and then once i started digging around and uh, finding a little bit more info this event isn't even sanctioned by the Federation of International Polo, so this means absolutely nothing. He just hosted this fake event. And it then... Fake. Oh, it's completely fake. They yeah. weren't, the Indian polo players weren't even from India. I think I got it here where it said <laughs> the quote-unquote Indian players were Pakistani and from Florida. Right? <laughs> Oh, God. So they also had 250 people there and they catered food from Popeye's Louisiana chicken. <laughs> like before chicken sandwiches were cool. <laughs> like. Well, I wish we would have known, like, or they would have exposed all this during the show as well, not after, like, you start dating after. <laughs> yeah. and because that was so ridiculous like even the Indian ambassador he never knew about the polo match he never attended it he released an official statement at some point saying he was never there he never heard about it and yeah just like the Pakistani players from Florida <laughs> like this is Indian royalty <laughs> <laughs> how did Tarek 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 found them did he went to central casting <laughs> i was gonna say he probably saw like the back of like a magazine and it was like casting like put in an ad like looking for uh, racially ambiguous polo players twenty dollars twenty dollars free popeye's chicken sandwiches <laughs> yeah. oh, so at this event they also 
listed sponsors that weren't sponsoring the event. Kingfisher Beer, which is an Indian company, had the CEO deny that the company has ever sponsored the event. And then they also somehow had Land Rover, the Indian Embassy, and the Ritz-Carlton in St. Regis, quote-unquote, supporting and sponsoring the event, but terminated it after the White House gate crashing incident. So not surprising but i mean tbh do we really think the ritz carlton st regis and land rover were sponsor sponsoring this janky ass fake event right they probably just printed off their like logos from the internet and hanged them on the walls of the tents or something. <laughs> exactly made their own step hoping for the best that nobody finds out <laughs> so at this event we also are you know, seeing Mikhail and Kat kind of talk, and Mikhail says she promises to take Kat. They do a pinky promise <laughs> that they're going to go horseback riding together, and Kat's like, whatever, I don't care, I'll go. <laughs> so that was kind of our first, like, little section of the show, which we then move towards Mary's... Well, like, we meet somebody else really important. Edwina. Rogers. The biggest... I'm sorry, cunt on television. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have a bone to pick with Edwina. We'll get to it when we get to her Republican healthcare event, which Kat did win MVP of the season for her attitude and behavior at that party. But <laughs> she, so she is a lobbyist who like is trying to make Fetch happen. Edwina, you're not going to be on the show. And I think they were trying to pepper political stuff throughout the show. And I do believe that that's why Kat was hired because Kat didn't know the other women before the show. And so I think her ties with Charles working at the White House was kind of like a way to kind of make the show a little bit more political. But then they keep throwing this bitch in and <laughs> they keep throwing her into the mix being like, well, will anyone want to hang out with her? And literally no one ever does. I know. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about Edwina Rogers. And someone is saying, like, I mean, obviously right now we're in the middle of a pandemic watching the United States healthcare system crumble massively and fail in every single way, unfortunately. Like, it's hard for me to watch a woman, you know, <laughs> fight for, you know, Republican healthcare options and then, like, not even be able to, uh, we'll get there and I'm obviously getting heated, but, <laughs> you know, this isn't a political show, but this is, you know, basic human rights. Um, like you're a German probably laughing at Americans being like, oh my God, you. Oh, totally. <laughs> so stupid, but you can't even <laughs> describe what she believes in. And we'll get to this point. I mean, I cannot wait to get to that part. <laughs> I'm like buzzing. I'm buzzing. I see you have a passion about Edwina Rogers. She really grinds my gears and I don't know what happened to me with her i mean i know why she annoys me but again we'll get there so we then move to mary's birthday party that linda's planning and also we have to mention that linda is dating a guy who's like 20 years younger than her and like six nine and a gorgeous nigerian man a bong <laughs> i love him i love him so much I know, he seems such a sweet man He's i like just so find his name so funny he's a bong but <laughs> she's taking a hit off his pipe every night <laughs> hey honestly sign me up i'm like with linda on that train like choo-choo like let's, let's do it uh so we're going to mary's birthday dinner mikhail and Tarek did get, end up getting invited 
Linda initially didn't want them coming because why the fuck would anyone want to be near them? We are starting to see people's personalities. We see Mary get really drunk and it's very funny. She puts her good friend, Ted Gibson, who is a hairdresser next to Stacy and they're two African-American people. And you hear Mary go on this drunken rant about how race and hair salons and how she plans to make a not <laughs> she plans to <laughs> she, they need salon integration because african-american women and white women oftentimes don't get their hair done at the same places which is not a crazy thing that she's saying it's true like i work in production and i've had a, a hairstylist on set one day we didn't tell her the talent was african-american and she literally couldn't do her hair and then we're all sitting on set and we're like and then the beautiful woman, the beautiful model had to do her own hair. And we all were just sitting there and I'm like, I, you know, as a ignorant white woman, you know, I didn't even notice or think about that when I was like doing pre-production. And now it's like something I'm always considerate of because it is true, you know. Oh, so I guess Mary was ahead of her time. So maybe she should <laughs> lobby for integrated hair salons now. <laughs> integrated. Maybe she would have a platform. Oh my God. Well, but it was so funny to watch. And when she then started like talking with a blackish accent. Oh, yeah. And... She was like, oh, you two are going to get comfy cozy. It's like, <laughs> even Stacey looked at her like, girl, shut the fuck up. You're already wasted. You're embarrassing. Your girlfriend. <laughs> girl, don't go there, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she was doing the whole finger and everything. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I shouldn't be talking about accents being German, but <laughs> it was funny. And Stacy took it with a grain of salt, and so did Ted. I think they both were like, she's drunk, it's her birthday. And then at the reunion, Andy obviously brought it up to Mary, and she was, like, mortified. She's like, I can't even believe those words came out of my mouth, but here I am. I didn't mean to be ignorant. I was just drunk as shit. And the so then we move to another party, the Washingtonian style setter party, which like is a nothing party. <laughs> nothing really happened here, but this is where Linda starts planting the seed to Paul, who Paul is basically a housewife at this point, right? Paul Ward right. is their friend. He's like the friend off before they were friends off. Right? He was like before Dwight. Actually, no, Dwight was in the picture. Like Dwight and... Okay, so Linda was talking about how she thinks that Mikhail has an eating disorder and needs to eat, which is also something that will be common throughout the whole show. And, you know, she's like very, very, very thin. And I mean, the Adderall and cocaine accusations that we are putting on her <laughs> might also have something to do with that. <laughs> yeah, she's so, the real skinny bitch. She's a real skinny bitch. And <laughs> it's a little bony. So then we move to Stacy's cooking class with Cheo. So Cheo is hot as hell. He's a personal chef for Janet Jackson, Tyra Banks, and Patrick Ewing, who is a sport guy, but I don't know what sport or when or where, and I don't care. I didn't even Google. Exactly. I'm too busy Googling, like, Real Housewives of DC on The View. <laughs> like, <laughs> a bigger fish to fry. So we're at Stacy's house. We're seeing a little bit of her home life, and... Kat is there, Mary is there, Erica is there. I don't think Mikhail is at this one. No, she isn't invited. <laughs> Sucker. So this is kind of where we 
see a little bit more of Kat. She starts talking about herself, start talking about her, her relationship with Charles. And I kind of felt in this scene, so they're all just talking about their careers or talking about Obama. And Kat was saying that Charles, quote, got Obama into the presidency because of his photography. <laughs> and you just see like a side eye from Stacy and her friend Erica, who's also there. And they both were just like, <sighs> don't think the photograph got him the presidency, maybe like decades of work and um, right. <laughs> like being a But I mean, we see a little more about it in that scene as well. But I think it's just like how Mary was drunk at her birthday. Cat is already three wins to the sheet, uh, three sheets to the wind. Are you two? Right. My one glass. Um, I think she's drunk. This then leads into a bigger discussion. So Cheo is talking about working with Tyra, and Cat does start railing on Tyra, saying she's hideous. And just like Mary, which is oftentimes a thing white people do, and I actually found myself doing it once to an African-American friend, and I noticed it like two days later, because I must have, I don't know, read something or saw another person do the thing I thought I did, and was like, oh, fuck, like, I'm victim to this as well. But she starts doing the black scent, and she's like, pretending to be Tyra, like, getting all mad, and she was just saying she hates her, and you know, Stacy and Erica are both like offended and you could see the chef is also like, bitch, this is my client and this is on TV. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but, I felt bad for the poor chef, but like, yeah, Stacy and Erica were so offended. Yeah. But honestly, I stand with Kat. <laughs> I can't stand Tyra Banks. An annoying and obnoxious, just like Heidi Klum, like those. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To a two-piece in a pot. <laughs> find them both annoying and find Tyra annoying because of her attitude. And I think that's what Kat wanted to get across. I could, I could understand why all of the African-American people in the room were like, you are going a little hard on this. And I don't know, it was definitely a moment of tension. And we were talking about like race being a big theme and, and we'll see it with Kat and Stacy as they kind of yeah. go head to head about racial issues. And so that will be throughout the season. Um, so yeah, they do that. They eat with him, whatever. But you know, the whole race thing, you know who's the one always bringing it up though? Eric. Stacy. Oh, well. It always comes from Stacy. Of course, she's the only um, African-American woman in the cast and everything. But she is always bringing it up and always making it 
a topic, even when it in, at, at some point, um, moments it wasn't a real topic, but she made it into one? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth. Like, we were talking about this on Instagram. Like, yeah. I kind of, I feel as if I would need to side with the African-American person because, you know, we don't see the other maybe microaggressions that Kat may have been doing that we didn't see on TV. Yeah. However, I do also attribute that to being from the UK because people from the UK have a very different view on racism than Americans because you know America has a very 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 rooted history totally. in slavery and it's just a, a little bit different here than in the UK and she's like very flippant and has no problem talking about race and 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 addressing the conversations that Stacy is trying to bring up with her but I do think it could be a little bit of that like UK I don't really see why this would be racist. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, I mean, that was, that franchise was also so, so exciting. It's 10 years ago and obviously so much has changed in your country. <laughs> Not really for the better when we think of politics. Louder uh, for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think in, well, Europe isn't the easiest continent at the moment either, but in general and back then, if somebody is an asshole, somebody is an asshole, and it doesn't matter yeah. where they're from. Yeah, so I think that is definitely something we'll kind of keep going through um, in terms of in terms of race relations on the Real Housewives of DC, <laughs> hard-hitting mm -hmm. stuff. So from there, we move into episode two, which is Mikhail's 44th birthday. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> birthday party. Oh, God, awful. So God awful. It was really, really bad. So it's her birthday, and we see her in a rented home with Tarek while a stylist is giving them the ugliest clothing options that she could <laughs> possibly have found at Bloomingdale's or wherever she shops. Right. Even for 2010. Yeah. The fashion was awful. Oh, it was so bad. Everything was just shiny and patent. Like, there, ugh, like there's nothing more, there's nothing worse than patent leather. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all like the cheap version of satin. <laughs> yeah, but the cheaper version of satin, which is hard to, like, polyester. polyester. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the yeah. best part was when Tarek got her a horse. I named it Sparkle. How can you call your fucking horse Sparkle? You're 44 years old woman. And he's like, so what you gonna call it? And she's like, mm -hmm. Sparkle. I'm like, seriously, are you 12? I mean, I think she has arrested development. I feel like she stopped mentally growing at age 12. So oh. I, I, do think, I do think that tracks. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, this is ridiculous. Even the, the guy who brought over the horse, the horse breeder, I was looking at them like, what the fuck? He's <laughs> like, are you sure I should be giving this horse to you? <laughs> Why does it look like she's ever been on a horse? Like, Ever. I know. I know. <laughs> well, this leads us into the polo day slash horse riding with Kat, Mikhail, and Mary. So Kat and Mary had gone to lunch a couple days before and invited Mary to this horse day. 
So they show up at the stable with Tarek and Mikhail. And on the way there, Mary spills to Kat that she met Mikhail 20 years ago when she's a makeup girl at the Trish McAvoy stand at Nordstrom. You know, Mary knowing Mikhail for a while, Linda knowing Mikhail for a while, they were probably aware that their sketchiness. Well, yeah. Something, something will go down. Yeah. Something is happening and something is wrong with her. But yeah, Mary kept quite quiet about it in the beginning, right? And then just like, yeah, tells tells Kat in the car, but doesn't mention anything before about it and everything. It's like, oh, so yeah. So fishy. Fishy, fishy. And so this is also where Kat tells, I mean, where Mary tells Kat that she grew up with people who knew Tarek and always said he was like a bad boy, like a total idiot punk. And he was sent away to military school because he was really bad. And when I was listening to Kate Casey's podcast that he was on, where it was just delusion 101 to hear someone completely be unable, like he is a mastermind at skirting away from answering questions and then just lying. I mean, which we see the entire show. But he was saying, he was like, when I was in high school, whatever, I was a theater kid, shocker. And he's like, so I came on this show playing the bad boy. I'm like, bro, you're literally like a felon. Like, you're not the <laughs> bad boy. You're a criminal. <laughs> like, right. Also, you're a grown-ass man. You shouldn't want to be a bad boy. Like, you're, him and Mikhail are perfect for each other. But that, I was like, of course you were a thespian who was like, I need to show my acting chops in the Real Housewives of Dallas. I mean, of DC. <laughs> Dallas. Well, we have another thespian on Dallas, or not anymore, actually. Oh. R.I.P. Leanne. R.I.P. Leanne. Um, that was like, gone and forgotten. Like, bye. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so they show up at this polo day. They don't even, I don't think they ride horses, right? Yeah, they do. But when they get there, Kat mentions how like Tarek and uh, Mikel are like totally in riding gear and everything dressed to the nine. And they got an invitation that said jeans, casual. And they were sitting there on their like little director's chairs yeah. on a carpet on the grass it was like it was like a set for an interview it was really weird but yeah. they, they did ride some horses <laughs> and tell a shit at it i mean of course she only is a horse owner and probably owns like multiple i mean I say owns. Right, rent it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think they know what the word own means. I think, yeah, rent is what they should be saying. But then at the end of this, an iconic moment happens where their Tark is like, we're going to drink wine from our Oasis vineyard. And then he pours beer in their glass and Kat is like, what the fuck? You guys own a vineyard and yet you're giving us like a stale Bud Light in a <laughs> cup, in a wine glass? And he's like, I'm just testing you. This was a test. You're a fucking idiot. Uh, I think every dipshit can, can see the difference between beer and wine. Gat <laughs> was like, there's froth on top. Uh, <laughs> I'm to be a rocket scientist. You know that. <laughs> so from there, we go to Aunt Francis's dinner. So this is Stacy's aunt who 
cooked a big soul food, di soul food dinner with peach cobbler, fried chicken, etc. For all the ladies, it was Linda, Mary, um, Abong, Mary's husband, and Kat, and Kat's daughters. Actually, no, the daughters weren't there. And Kat. So Kat shows up early. She definitely, you can kind of see, felt a little awkward in the beginning. Like, she also did the rude thing about the wine, about like, she's like, this wine has turned. I need new wine. This wine is too old. And they were like, just whatever. Which I didn't think was that annoying. I feel like Stacy kind of blew it up into proportion. Like, yeah, if you're drinking totally. something that's disgusting, like, I feel like it's not crazy to be like, hey, can I grab something? But I don't know. I'm, like, overthinking, like, a very stupid drink for. <laughs> I know. They made a really big deal out of they it. Did. Yeah. I think Stacy made it into a really big deal. And Kat actually just told, uh, what's his name, Paul, because he was there. Yeah. She told him, I think this wine has been here longer than some of the furniture or whatever. <laughs> and then Linda then later on said she should have just gone to the bathroom and poured down the drain like a lady would do, which is quite... Yeah, true. But on the other side, I don't think it's a bad thing to go over and be like, look, I don't like your wine. Can I have another wine or something else? Yeah, I Just don't think it was like a dig at Stacey's no. family. So Paul is there. Everybody's there. They're sitting around the table eating. Obviously, Stacey's entire family is like, Abong, who is he? <laughs> I like that one, and it's like, Abong, Abong. Uh, in front of him and doing like a little dance. And like, Abong, Abong, Like, Jesus Christ. Hashtag me too. <laughs> Poor Abong. But yeah, again, would do it. Um, so this is also the moment where we have Stacy's husband, Jason, telling Rich and Abong about his penile volumetric measuring device that he's currently in the, <laughs> in the uh, process of getting a patent for. And obviously Mary's like, um, I'm the only white guy. And like, maybe I should leave the conversation. Yeah. He's like, um, I don't really want to talk about big dicks with you two. Like, so maybe I'm going to go. But again, I'm the confused as to why Cece's husband is spending his time and money on this device. Uh, it seems back then, there wasn't any Shark Tank, was there? <laughs> I mean, this is something you would totally see on Shark Tank and be like, yeah, I'm not giving you any money for that. That's a no for me. Like, <laughs> no. Even and for, for that reason, me. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, even for Bethany. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely a very questionable moment where I'm like, Stacey's husband, I see you. I've got to watch out because I don't. We see each other. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so then we kind of get to the whole thing about Kat feeling out of place. So she decides to leave. She didn't even say goodbye to Stacey. And. Stacey kind of was implying that Kat felt uncomfortable being there because she's not used to being in areas with the majority of Black people, which is understandable. You know, we've, again, been going back and forth about Kat and how she handles situations. I feel like this was a little bit more loaded than the Tyra comments because she did, you could see that she was physically uncomfortable. Yeah. And Linda had opened, Linda had said she grew up in Georgia, so she's always been near Black people her whole life, so it was not, not an uncomfortable thing. Mary's known Stacy's family for a really long time, so it was the same thing. So Kat 
definitely you could tell felt a little uncomfortable but for her to leave a dinner before the dessert I thought was just a little bit rude and then to yeah not even say goodbye to Cece who invited you here it just seems like it was just completely unnecessary to be that flippant about like your friend's feelings and and I could I could understand why Stacey said like she felt uncomfortable and rather than just saying hey Stacey I gotta go the girls are at home sleeping with Charles I gotta get out early she just up and leaves it just seems like it it, she made Uh, a bigger thing than she it had to be I think there is something something must have happened that we didn't get to see Mm. I think obviously she was really uncomfortable there but I don't think it's because the majority were black people. I think there must have been an issue and maybe either it was with her husband before with Charles that he called her or something was going on there and there was some underlining issue that she didn't talk about or there was something between her and Stacy. And I can kind of see where if Kat is not in the right mood, she'd be like, now she's thrown dicks at me again, but I'm too, I don't know, exhausted from my shitty marriage. Yeah. I'm just going to leave. I think something, there was something else happening. Yeah. But it, of course she should have said goodbye. Yeah. But she also said when, when she got up from the table and was like, I have to go. And everyone was like, why? Why? We didn't have dessert yet. Um, she was like, well, I got here much earlier than all of you and I have stuff to do like fair enough because she probably was there an hour before everyone else yeah I don't know I guess I just wouldn't I'm like I don't want Stacey's aunt to be sad or to feel like someone was like being disrespectful or or, yeah it was rude it was rude but I'm not necessarily I'm not pegging it on being racist no so then we move to another event it's Paul's birthday party so this is just, it's just, this show gets honestly so much better. When I was going through my notes yesterday and like reorganizing things, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that party. Ooh, I forgot about this thing. They have a party, at least a party in every episode. And one, Amazing. The next party is better than the one before. That's another good thing about this show is that they all have many moments where all the girls are there together. And yeah. that's usually when it's like lightning in a bottle and something happens because you put six people in a room and six crazies like you're gonna get something <laughs> it's gonna something happen <laughs> so we get to paul's birthday party linda threw this party for his 30th birthday but this year mikhail is actually throwing it and she's one of three co-hosts so mikhail is shading linda because i guess at paul's 30th he couldn't have invite more than 25 people so mikhail said he can invite as many people as he wants to her birthday party for him kill me so <laughs> I hate them so much. So Tarek and Mikhail show up in a white stretch limo, which I do love that Kat was like, are you kidding me? What year is this? And this is like 2010 and they were shading a white stretch limo. Exactly. And she also says like, the only people you can impress with that are my girls. They're 10. <laughs> and honestly, Kat's daughters, I don't even think that would impress them. <laughs> like, no. Those little girls are so cool. And like- They, they were all- the best Bravo kids. They were like- better than Milania and Avery and any of the of the kids now those two girls were the original housewife kids <laughs> they were like bitchy little your UK kids like little Caroline Stanberries <laughs> like totally, totally. <laughs> those are little bitches I love it <laughs> like, they're cool 
so this party ends up kind of being a mess. We'll get deeper into it, but the whole squad is there. Throughout the party, Mikhail didn't really do anything, and you could kind of see her and Tarek just, like, flouncing around, not really doing anything. Naturally, they make a speech, um, making it about them and not Paul, whose birthday it is. And then, like any white trash idiot, they saber a bottle of champagne indoors, as if that's not going to make a big mess. And the cork hits Lydia right in the butt, and she starts bugging out about that. Again, who's impressed by somebody savoring a bottle of champagne? (laughs) Indoors. Stupid. Indoors. Just stupid. So Paul does make a really sweet speech about, you know, thanking his friends for loving him and accepting him because he obviously is homosexual and it has been hard for him and he loves his friends and family. So I guess to kind of piggyback on this, it takes it out of the quote-unquote timeline a little bit. But after this happens, we see that Paul's friend Charlotte said to him that she got a phone call from Tarek and Mikhail's lawyer saying that they, that Charlotte needed to sign paperwork to say that they don't owe any money for this entire party and that they quote unquote donated wine to the event when everybody there was like, no, you didn't. And we didn't drink your wine. Uh, what? So it's not surprising that these two have a lawyer on staff just sending out like notices for not paying things. Like, But then I also like the question is, who is that lawyer? Because they don't pay for anything. How can they afford a lawyer? It's Tarek. Like, I can totally see <laughs> making fake stationery, making, like, a fake diploma and a LinkedIn page for, like, uh, Tom Sawyer, the lawyer. <laughs> like... <laughs> like like wearing a hat and glasses at home so he really gets into character he's wearing like the groucho marks glasses with like (laughs) the eyebrows he's like no one one will ever know it's me like typing out this email (laughs) mikhail and uh, Tarek are completely exempt from paying anything for the party that they planned and hosted (laughs) so that was just funny and classic and frankly not surprising Um, and also at this event, we also have more conversations about the eating disorder comments about how Mikhail needs to eat, Mikhail needs to eat. And as much as I shit on Mikhail, actually, I'm actively trying to make a career out of it. I do kind of agree with her in the situation where she was telling Paul, you know, if she really cared about me and my health, like, why wouldn't she just talk to me about it? Like, I do kind of get where she's like, She's telling everybody around me that I'm anorexic, but she won't talk to me about it. Granted, like, Mikhail would be like, I'm not anorexic, period. And, like, the conversation would be done. But I do kind of understand where she's like, stop talking about me and my weight. Yeah, but I'm like, no. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. As I was finishing that sentence, I was like, I actually <laughs> talked myself out of thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> and probably Lydia has said it to a very thousand times as well. So I'm like, no. Also, when people are struggling with an eating disorder, they are very, very, very aware that they are struggling with an eating disorder most of the time. Like, and it's clear as day, you know, and we'll get down to more conversations about it, but Tark was talking about like when they first met and he's like, it's crazy. She would just eat one piece of grilled chicken at a restaurant. And a filet mignon. 
Oh, oh, she eats a filet mignon every day. Okay. Her and Anna Wintour. Anna Wintour eats a filet mignon with an mm-hmm. avocado every day for lunch, which is the coolest thing. Um, also, just a and random Anna, Anna Wintour and Mikel Salai are like more or less one in the same person then. Not. Um, speaking of Anna Wintour, uh, a lot of my friends still work at Ponde, and they did a Zoom call with Anna, and she was indoors wearing sunglasses during she a Zoom meeting. Does. She always does. So cool. I was like, that is just... Well, apparently they have prescription in them. That's why she wears them. <laughs> She's blind. She's like a cute grandma who like happens to be so chic. <laughs> Love you, Anna. Like, love you, Anna, please. I want to be you when I'm older. <laughs> uh, so then we move into episode three, and the cast goes to Sugarleaf Vineyard, which is one of the only African-American vineyards owned by one of Stacey's friends. Unfortunately, the vineyard closed in 2012, so you can't go now. But this is a moment where we see Stacey and Jason and then Tarek and Mikhail. And this is one... I start getting tipped off that they don't know shit about wine and are lying about their whole vineyard situation. So Tarek is just like trying to say words about wine. And he's like, the life of the ability of the wine and the legs, when you look over it to the left and then the tannins and then the sulfates. And you can see Mikhail being like, he's so right. And then Stacy and like her friends who literally own the vineyard are just looking at them like, they were like, what the fuck is he talking about? None of those words make sense. Like, <laughs> just say it's good wine. Period. Oh, he was talking so much gibberish. And then we get to a conversation where they're talking about Obama, of course, and Mikhail is trying to string a couple sentences along to talk about him. And she's saying, like, she's trying to say, like, something into the fact that like he's our first african-american president but she doesn't know how to say that to in front of four black people (laughs) so she's like (laughs) obama is doing the things together he's bringing the together in the world and i think she quote said quote she's bridging the gap between red and the blue in the white (laughs) (laughs) what what the fuck you could say so many amazing things about President Obama. I feel like very easily. Like, I feel like talking about him in a positive way is somewhat easy. Granted, like, again, I'm Obama supporter. So, like, I think that way. She just can't talk. She's the dumbest person on the planet. I think that's why that happened. Yeah, especially with the red and the blue and make it white or including <laughs> the white or something. It's like, yeah, what are you talking about? And it can't be the alcohol, I think. Like... She's just dumb as fuck. Yeah, and she's just really dumb, and that's kind of just the only thing about it. Like, you can't even fault her because you feel so bad for her. Like, she's been hoodwinked by Tarek. Granted, she's been a liar her whole life, but, like, the two of them are really a match made in heaven. It's it's unbelievable. But it's true, like, you, there are those moments where you feel bad for her, and then, like, two seconds later, you're again, like, no, well, you get what you deserve, bitch that's kind of how like I was going back and forth like during moments of seeing her kind of be sad or getting like ganged up on by the other ladies and then I'm like 
I'd be gaining up on you if I was there too. So right. <laughs> I, I I'd gone and bring the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I can't deny that I completely agree with them. <laughs> and isn't that when they make uh, at the vineyard? Isn't that where they make plans to go to Paris? Yes. So that is the random next step. So Stacey's husband has a rogue, famous brother named Beat Silent. <laughs> who, quote, brought a new genre of music to Paris. And I, I'm sure they had hip hop and rap in Europe before 2010. But okay, okay, Stacey. <laughs> so at the vineyard- Listen to Ice Ice Baby too. <laughs> yeah. So at the vineyard, Stacey and Jason invite Tarek and Mikhail to go to Paris to go to this show. They give them three days notice for a 48-hour trip. And obviously, Tarek and Mikhail both have no job responsibilities or anything going on in their lives that they drop everything and agree to go, which those two can't afford dinner at Subway Subs, let alone like two flights three days before a trip, three days before a trip. Like, and they probably flew first class and told everyone they flew private. <laughs> totally. So they end up going to Paris. They all have fun. Mikhail at the concert was giving me full Camille Grammer dancing vibe. <laughs> stripper moves were sublime. I loved it. I totally. loved it. But that was the only moment in the whole show where Tarek, Tarek and uh, Mikhail was, were likable. They actually, and that's what Stacey said as well. They were having a good time and Tarek was partying as well. And it really looked like they were having an actual really good time. Yeah, like, and that was the sad thing because you see Stacy and Jason opening up to them in their friendship and maybe being like, oh, you know, we'll give them a shot. We know they're quirky and weird, but this was a really great trip and they came out here for us and it was really sweet of them, which it's really like, no, they are social climbers and star fuckers. Like, they will go anywhere if they could go backstage and meet an artist, you know, like, yeah. they'll fly anywhere for the VIP. And also, there you could see how Tarek is still like a little boy like how his eyes lit up and he was smiling and having fun because he was like accepted by the big ballers who like took them or invited them to Paris and sitting like standing on a balcony, VIP balcony. You can see he's like a little mama's boy who never got love from his parents. Oh, I mean, it's most definitely he has never received love in his life. And once we get down to like more stuff on the vineyard, oh God, like my vineyard deep dive has been again, mortifying. Like, I have to tell people in my life that I'm doing this, and they're like, I don't get you. <laughs> do it for my art. So during this trip to Paris, Stacey opens up to Mikhail about being adopted and how she's on the path to find her birth parents. And this was a moment where Stacey was, like, wanting Mikhail to be a normal human being, but Mikhail is a fembot and, like, couldn't understand and so Stacey's like, yeah, you know, I'm really struggling. I'm looking for my birth parents. I was adopted. I feel very, you know, disengaged from my culture and, you know, my background and my history. And Mikhail's like, wait, what? You never, you never said this before. It's like, who cares if you didn't say it before? She doesn't have to go to every fucking dinner party and say, I'm adopted and I don't know my parents. Like, that's like not, she came out slowly with something she's probably very vulnerable about and you could see it's something that affects Stacy and Mikhail just like does not compute like could not understand what she was saying or like 
She's like, do you want me to be vulnerable? I cannot. <laughs> Stepford wife. Exactly. Stepford wife, but like, can't do anything. Like, can't do laundry or cook or like <laughs> any of the things that might come with that territory. <laughs> so after the random trip to Paris, we are at Ted Gibson's birthday party, another hairdresser's birthday party. <laughs> Parties and hairdressers are mine. Oh my god. So yeah, this party was another one that kind of was a little bit boring. We have um, Paul, who was also there, who was starting to spill the tea that Tarek was going around telling everybody that he paid a lot of money for Paul's birthday party, when in fact he paid zero dollars, zero. zero cents. <laughs> uh, we have some conversation about race again. This is a moment where we, <laughs> like, um, this is a hard one to say. So Kat and Paul were messing around and she's like, don't kiss me, you're gay and colored. <laughs> so like, even in the moment when I heard it, I immediately was just like, boing, like my eyes, like, I'm like did I just hear that? <laughs> like, and again, like, I think as we've been talking about Kat and her relation to African-American people, I don't think again that she knew that colored is a word you can't really say anymore and like no 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 she explains it in the reunion she explains that it was meant as a joke because we were already talking about that whole racism stuff and everything and even paul laughed when she said it yeah i mean i don't think it was malicious in its intent and i also think again like not to blame like her uk-ness but like throughout like American history, Amer the way that Americans speak about people of color changes over time. And so like back in the day, it was like, you'd say colored, which is obviously fucked up. And then it turned into like minority and now it's person of color. So it's like, there are, you know. Yeah, of course. It was a joke in poor taste. I, I agree. And I Inappropriate joke, but I'm sure it was just meant as a joke. And I think it is because, yeah, of her UKism, like dark humor, inappropriate humor, which yeah. we see with Vanderpump all the time and nobody feels offended, apparently. Well, I know. Well, they, yeah, Lisa's not on the screen with Garcelle this year, so maybe we would have seen some interesting uh, <laughs> turn of phrases um, <laughs> on Beverly Hills. I was talking about that on my last episode with Alexander and we were talking about how you know if there was a black woman on the Raja Sides of New York like I wouldn't want Sonia and Ramona picking on the black woman and not realizing that they're being total fucking dicks and like you know you we say we want these things but then it's like I don't need a black woman to get beat up by you know legacy housewives who think they're the shit and are who can be incredibly ignorant Totally. I mean, those two would be awful with another person. I mean, even Leah with tattoos. Like, I'm, like, in my head being, like, I'm going to go to the tattoo removal place and get all my tattoos removed. I'm, like, this is what people, this is, like, what my mom thinks about tattoos. Yeah, but that just shows their age. True. I mean, we had a whole episode talking about tattoos. And, like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of tattoos, but... It really isn't a topic of a conversation for a whole day. 
I mean, it just, like, seems like something I would not even, like, think about or care about. And I do think it's, like, a showing their age thing where you can definitely tell where it's, like, Ramona said she would never talk to someone with a tattoo, which, and then Sonia goes, at least she knows your name. (laughs) I'm, like, literally six minutes in the episode, (laughs) Ramona's like, what's her name? Layla or Leah? (laughs) Two syllables. It's, like... Nina should have just said, yeah, well, it's because I'm 20 years younger than you, dumb bitches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so true. Okay, well, amazing timing. We move into episode four. Hey, thanks so much for listening to part one of this deep dive. We are going to start part two this upcoming Thursday, which will go from, I think, episodes four through uh, probably eight and then we're going to do a full deep dive into Tarek and Mikhail their backgrounds their family life you guys this is going to get dirty and then obviously we're going to deep dive into the iconic state dinner crashing moment so stay tuned and don't mind any shitty audio I'm recording on zoom and It's a mess, but hey, we're in a pandemic and I'm just trying to make fun content, so definitely stay tuned. And also, I wanted to say that you guys can access Real Housewives of DC on like Hulu or Amazon. Unfortunately, I had to pay $25 (laughs) for this season, but I will have it for the rest of my life. And I'm kind of justifying it as a purchase, kind of like a vintage Gucci bag where in my head I'll say, oh... I will um, donate this to my children one day and they can have it. So hopefully this lives on for generations in my life, in my family. So I definitely say it's worth it. So hopefully you're enjoying this deep dive. Let me know what you're thinking because I'm switching up the format of the show a little bit. Mondays will still be news because that's the bread and butter of this show. And then every Thursday or every other Thursday, depending on my schedule uh, will be a bonus episode, which will be really about anything. You guys, in the pipeline, I have a great idea of comparing donkey booty workout versus fine booty workout and doing a real deep dive into, you know, how I feel after doing the workout tapes of Vedra Parks and Kenya Moore for about a week. So I'm just trying to create the content that we all need during these unprecedented times. So stay tuned for some fun stuff. And thanks again for listening. I, I do really do appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour. If you're loving the show, head to Apple Podcasts to leave a quick review and a five-star rating. And while you're at it, head to Instagram and follow at Bravo Happy Hour to talk with fellow listeners on the episode's discussion posts. Also, feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any super juicy gossip or just to say hi. Be sure to tune in every Monday and Thursday for more of your favorite Bravo-related news. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.